Cheers, bud. Welcome back, everybody, to the Do We Love It podcast. This is your host, Dr. Water with Lemon, recording live from our new studios, my kitchen. Uh, I am your host, Dr. Water with Lemon. Uh, and today is an interesting podcast. Uh, this is the first time somebody else has been on the podcast. Uh, we're going to try something a little bit new here. Uh, we're working through Google Hangouts. I uh, gave myself a tutorial today. Um, like I said, you know, technology is not the high point of this podcast or this incorporation, so we'll see if it works. Uh, my co-host, or guest, I should say, uh, we have Mr. Matt over here. Matt, how's it going? I'm doing well. It's, uh, it's good to be here. Good to be with the doctor. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we can uh, get some medicine for you. Uh, so today's podcast is sponsored by Wine. Um, and we'll we'll uh, we'll be taking part in that. Uh, doing a little bit of red here. Uh, now, what are you drinking? I'm drinking my own uh, brand, uh, Wine Gorilla Zinfandel. Nice. So that's how we roll. Yeah, you guys do a little bit of that blend, right? Uh, we do have a blend. This one is 100% Zin. Okay. Uh, but it's a blend of different Zin vineyards, so it's kind of like a blend. So what what is what exactly is Zin? Zinf, Zinf, Zin, Z I N F A N D E O. All right, yeah, so Zinf. <laughs> what exactly is Zin? Is that your question? Yeah. So Zin is a type of grape, uh, and it's mostly grown in California. It's what put California wine on the map in terms of popularity around the world, uh, and it's it's. It's a heavy red, and it's got a lot of alcohol, a lot of fruit. Um, it's pretty sweet. So definitely a lot of people like their Zins, for sure. Lord knows I do. <laughs> I've definitely had uh, some wine gorilla Zinf in my day, or Zin, as you call it. <laughs> as we call it in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> as, as everyone calls it, except me. Um, Alrighty then. So as... You know, today's not exactly a wine podcast, although, you know, it very well could turn into one. Uh, <laughs> the purpose of this podcast is to discuss music. Uh, so we, uh, Matt and I are in what's called the Album Club. The Album Club was started uh, back in 2012, uh, was with a group of friends of mine, uh, and it has since grown, um, and so... The basic premise of the album club is somebody picks out an album every single month, and each month it's that person's turn, and when it's their turn, they pick out an album, they do a write-up on it, and they mail it out to everybody. Uh, there's very few rules to the album club. Rule number one has to be an album, can't be greatest hits. Rule number two, uh, you must send hard copies. So everybody must send a physical copy of the CD as well as a physical copy of the write-up we do not do digital. Uh, rule number three, let loose. Have fun. Uh, and so that's it. Uh, so Matt is actually the newest addition to the album club. Uh, Matt kind of joined Death by Fire 
Uh, he had been asking me about getting in for a while. It's definitely a prestigious club. You know, can't just let uh, any Joe off the street in. So he'd been hounding me for a pretty long time, and uh, we recently had somebody resign uh, from their position. So I texted Matt on a Sunday, and he had his album in the mail by Wednesday. It was the, one of the fastest turnarounds I've ever seen. Uh, so today we will be discussing Beauty and the Beat by Idan. Did I say that right, Mr. Zimf? Yeah, it's it's Edon. Edon? You're right. Edon, yeah. No, he's uh, from Washington D.C. Okay, all right. So yeah, he's a foreigner. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could look at. Him. So the track, the track you heard leading us off today, uh, it's definitely uh, actually sticks well with the show. Uh, you get a little bit of hip hop right there. It's track two. It's called uh, "Funky Voltron" featuring Insight. Um, now, before we get too into it, Matt had a, uh, in Matt's write-up, he was pretty brief, but I feel like he really hit the nail on the head. Matt said, when I listened to this album, I imagined it was created by a white rapper who had access to a time machine and went back to the 60s, took a shit ton of psychedelic drugs, rocked out with some bands, took those recordings back to his present time, chopped and sampled those sessions, made beats, and then, while still tripping, raped. So, uh, yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Um, so, uh, so how did you stumble across Eden? Eden. Uh, I was actually thinking about that earlier today because I knew this question would come up. <laughs> I, it was in high. I was in high school. I was yeah, probably this, is, this prob was put out in two thousand four, correct? Two thousand five. Yeah, two thousand five, I think. Um, I think I was a sophomore in high school. That's probably like around 2006 or 2005, like somewhere around that time. Younger than me. And, and I just remember uh, just going on like hip hop forums, like underground hip hop forums back then, because I was just getting into hip hop. So I was just doing a lot of research online, and this album came up. A bunch of people recommended it. So I checked it out, and I was just like, whoa, I've never heard anyone rap like this over beats that sounded like this. And it was just it was just so different from everything else. And that's what caught my attention about it. It's just so different. Like the samples he uses, he samples a lot of psychedelic, like 60s rock, a lot of movie samples. And the way he raps is like, you wouldn't think he was this, this white dude from Washington, D.C. Yeah, I, I actually, I'd like to see a picture of this guy. Maybe I'll add that to the show notes because you should, yeah. He doesn't look at all like what he raps. Um, in the uh, the cover art is phenomenal. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just like a collage of like different pictures, and it's like psychedelic, and yeah, it's awesome. And now, did he ever strike it big? Is he more like? No, he's interesting. He's only released two albums. And that was his last album in 2005. So he hasn't released anything since then. But it, I believe he's still active. Like he is featured on other people's albums. He's done a couple of verses. He's released like a mixtape. And I know he DJs. So I follow him on Twitter. And he's a DJ. So he DJs at clubs and stuff. Uh, but he hasn't released an album. And he's pretty low-key. Like you, you'll never hear about anyone talking about him. Or, yeah, you know, I mean, he won't. 
Yeah, he's he's. I mean, in the underground hip hop community, every, most people know about him. If you're if you're active in it, you know you've heard this album, you know all about it. But than that, it's he's kind of a mysterious person. Yeah, I had, I had never heard of him before. Not that I'm active in the underground hip hop community, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had uh, I had never heard him before. Um, definitely dug it. Definitely got into it. Uh, it there's a lot of um, speaking in it, which I like. Uh, there's some yeah. dialogue, which uh, takes you around. Um, Difficult to find when uh, when you're trying to do like research on the guy, especially because the album's yeah. name is Beauty and the Beat, so you get a lot of Justin Bieber <laughs> popping up on Google searches. <laughs> I didn't even know about that. <laughs> yeah, so for those of you who want to check the album out, uh, do if you get Justin Bieber, that's that's not it. Um, not. The whole album is on YouTube. Uh, you can view it there if you'd like. Yeah, um, it's also on Spotify. You can you can listen to it on there if you have Spotify. Yeah, yeah. I gotta get on there. Dude, it's pretty sweet. I was on there and then I was off, and now I'm thinking about getting back on. Get back on. I just I don't like how you can't have your own library. What do you mean? Like, why can't just like you it can't <laughs> like you want the actual file like like what do you mean because you can create playlists on Spotify and pretty much you can have your old iTunes it link it syncs your iTunes library with Spotify so all the playlists you have in your iTunes library it'll create that on Spotify I wish I wish you could copy like I wish you could take music from Spotify and import it into iTunes because I, I think iTunes okay. does a much better job of organizing. Right. No, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Because part of the problem I have with Spotify is, I mean, you know me, I have a very short-term memory. Um, yeah. And if I, like, listen to something on Spotify, I, if I don't put it in a playlist, like, it's just, it's gone. Yeah, forever. <laughs> it's in the, it's in the, it's in the hole. It's on the line. It's somewhere on the line. <laughs> and I just forget about iTunes it. Music. iTunes Music. iTunes has their own streaming service now, so maybe you should look into that. What do you mean? There's iTunes or Apple released their own streaming service that's like Spotify, but it's iTunes. So but you pay. I, I already like regular iTunes. I know, but you pay a monthly fee, and then you have access to the everything on iTunes. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like Spotify, but just Apple. Which is better. I assume I haven't used it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, I mean, the iTunes library's got like a pretty, pretty wide range. Put it down. They know what they're doing. Hmm. I'll look into that. So, uh, so what have you been listening to lately? Lately, uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm listening to a lot of uh, electronic music, um, <laughs> like all 
What was that? What were the, we gonna say? No, not not like that. More like alternative electronic, like uh, more like downtown. So, like not not bare so naked ladies with a techno beat. <laughs> I'll, I'll techno. Yeah, you can say that, and then uh, a little bit of uh, some punk music, some rock music. It's kind of mixing it up. There you go. I uh, right before I walked in here, I listened to "Highway to Hell." Gets me every time. Nice. Got me fired up. Needed that. Um, yeah. And uh, what ACDC was- actually just played out here last night. Really. At AT and T Park, they uh, there was a lot of complaints. ACDC played at uh, Wrigley Field recently, and uh, they destroyed the field. <laughs> you mean like all the people in the crowd just jumping up and down, destroying the field? Yeah, just stomped it up. Yep, that would Cubs. happen. Yeah, Cubs are in a, a, a pennant race. Pennant race, so you know, got to do it. Uh, in terms of uh, Beauty and the Beat, do you have a, a favorite track that you recommend or in a yeah. album? He's playing right now. I don't think you can hear it, but is I See Colors. And he's just rapping about colors, and there's this awesome uh, sample in the background. It's, it's, it's kind of a laid-back track. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I just love the sample on it. It's like old, like, soul. Just a little sample for y'all. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, that, that track is always a go-to for me from the album. What about you? What's your your favorite track? Um, I really liked fumbling over words that rhyme. Yep. Uh, uh, track number four. Um, I don't know why. I mean, part of it is because I just like the number four, so I think I'm always partial to the fourth track of a new album. I think subliminally, just like by the time it gets to four, I'm just like, yeah, this is tight. Yeah, because um, you're in the flow of the album. You've gone past the intro. You've heard yeah. a couple of tracks. Now you're into the groove of it. You're in it. Yeah, I mean, it, it does, and it like, yeah, and you you got to, you got, it's kind of like, it's kind of like drinking wine or kind of like drinking a beer. Like, the first sip of a beer is not going to be your best sip because you're just going to be like, especially if it's like a really strong wine or beer that has like a lot of, character a lot of balls you know right it's gonna yeah. knock you back like whoa like what is this i don't yeah. know if i like this dude, this is foreign you know and then like yeah. comparison. three sips in and on your fourth sip you're just like it's pretty good, it's pretty <laughs> good. yeah it's it's not as like it, if the wine is hot if it has a lot of alcohol like the first sips kind of it hits you you're know, like whoa like this is kind of strong, like, I don't know. And then after, like, your fourth pit sip, like, you don't even notice it anymore. You're just drinking it. and You just, you're acclimated to it. Yeah. You're and, having a good time. All right. So, like a strong wine, 
a good album is similar in the sense that if you if an album's really good and you're going through the course of the album and you're towards the end of the album, by the time it's towards the end of the album, you're so entrenched in the album that you just black out. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a really good album, yeah, I could, yeah, that totally happens. Similar to drinking a strong bottle of wine. Yeah. You just get by the time you get to that point, line, by the end of it, you black out. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. We got to combine the two. Listen to an album and drink a bottle of wine, and then yeah. you'll, you'll really be good. You'll really like the album. Yeah, right. It can. It doesn't matter what you like about it, but you'll like it. <laughs> you won't be telling people about it, but you like it. <laughs> uh, have you uh, have you been to any shows recently? Yeah, I just went to a show uh, about two weeks ago in Oakland. Um, I went to see Eli. He's a uh, another white rapper. From, uh, he's from LA, but he's in the group Living Legends, which is a pretty popular underground hip hop group. Um, but yeah, he's he's really dope. I've seen him like at least fourteen or fifteen times live. Anytime he plays, I always go and see him. He's one of my favorite artists. Um, so I went to that really good time. Always, always, I try to go to as many shows as I can. Anytime there's a show in Oakland or San Francisco. Try and hit it. Yeah, you uh, you got to get on me. I haven't been to a show actually since I've been out here. Dude, you got to get out to to Hollywood, go see some shows. I know. I don't even know where to go. <laughs> scared of all the. Just go. You just got to go to Sunset. There's different venues. Just lined with it. Yeah. I'll check it out. <laughs> just go for it. I'm going? All right. You know what? Next weekend, I'm going to a show. Mark it down. Do we love it? Goes to a show. Do we love shows? We'll find out. Um, now, as you may or may not know, I'm a big fan of the library. I love going to the library. I've been to almost every library in the state of Rhode Island. Just my jam. Okay. Yeah. If... You were to if somebody said I'm gonna go to the library and I'm gonna get one thing, what would you recommend they pick up? Now let me paraphrase this question. At the library you can get a book on tape, you can get a book, you can get a movie, or you can get a CD. So I have to choose from one of those. It's not a specific thing, it's yeah. a certain Wait, the, they have to pick between a book or a book on tape? Or is it a specific book? A specific, yeah. Like to oh. what what is like in in your like number one go to very influential, like what would you if you had to tell somebody to get either a book, an album, a movie like okay. yeah. yeah. Um if someone was going to the library, I would definitely tell them to get the book um The House of Leaves. House of Leaves, huh? Yeah. I don't know if I've told you about it before. I might have. but I don't, it, I don't know. You may have. We, we've done a lot of wine in the past, so. Yeah. And the, the author is Mark Daniel, Danieleski. 
Danielowski. I don't know how to spell it. It's a weird last name. Um, Is it fiction? Yes, it's a fiction book. Um, but the way it's written is nonfiction, if that makes sense. Well, not nonfiction. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's one of those books that I can't explain to you because um, it's so mind-tripping and, like, mind-altering. And it, it'll, it like, play, it, like, it messes with your mind, basically, throughout the whole book. When did you read it? I read it. Um, a friend recommended to me probably four or five years ago. Um, and it's the one book I always recommend to people when they ask me for a book. I'm like, read this because it's going to, like, after you read it, you're definitely, your mind's going to be different. You're going to think differently than before you read it. Okay. I can get behind that. Yeah. So, it, I mean, on the surface, it's about this uh, no, not an author. He's a director and photographer. He moves his family into a house in the middle of Virginia. And he quickly finds out that the inside of the house is larger than the outside, which is physically impossible, right? Yeah. So then he starts, you know, discovering new things and he finds this new door that wasn't there when he first moved in. He opens the door and it's just like black space inside the door. So then he starts taking trips into the black space trying to figure out what's in there because he's a photographer. So he wants to film it and, you know, make a movie out of it. So he starts, you know, taking more and more trips. And all the while, like, his family is kind of losing it. Yeah, but They're not be giving away so spoilers. Yeah, so that's, that's not even the whole book. So that's the main story. And then underneath it in footnotes is another story and it's about this guy basically living in our reality. His neighbor, he lives in an apartment building. His neighbor died. He went into his apartment to a chest, found a book, and the book that he finds is the book that you're reading. <laughs> reading the same book that you're reading. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. So then so he's reading it, and he starts going crazy reading the book that you're reading. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's just—it's insane. Too many psychedelics for that author, Jesus. Yeah, and like, and like in the book, there's like a documentary made about the book, and it's real. Like in the book, they actually have like real people that reviewed it, like like Stephen King reviewed it, and Steven Spielberg, and all these people actually reviewed the movie, and they put that in the book. So it almost seems like reality, like nonfiction. That is wild. Yeah. And the way the text is written is like sometimes you have to flip the book upside down or you, there's only one word on a page or it's in, the text is in spirals. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely not for the lighthearted. Like you got to. I feel like I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I feel like that's up my, my, my alley. Yeah. It, it'll be a book that. Like, you literally, like, you want to stop reading, but you can't. Sounds like an advanced version of Toy Story. Yeah. yeah it's just, <laughs> it's hard to explain, bro. You just got to read it. 
right. I will. I will. Is it a quick read, would you say? Uh, no. It's a pretty thick okay. book. Yeah. All right. I can get down with thick books. I'm not scared. I just finished up uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. That's a thick book. Oh, well, I think you, you recommend that to me. Probably. No, no, no. I, I, I unrecommend it. Oh, you unrecommend it. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking taking it back. Uh, it starts out great, and then it just like drags on. Yeah, like easily could have just cut out like a solid 250 pages out of 540. Because it's just it's there's like it's a two part book in the sense like there's two stories going on so it's the story of like this guy and his son doing their cross country trip through like the northwest which is cool and then there's like the story of this guy's inner conscious where he's constantly reflecting back to thinking about like this guy 20 years ago now this guy 20 years ago that he's thinking about is him so this guy 20 years ago was a teacher and like studied so hard to like prove this point that he went to an insane asylum so then he finally got out of the insane asylum yeah. back with his kid but like he's always thinking to his former self he basically has multiple personality disorder but like when he like talks about the mindset of his former self it's just like dude shut the fuck up <laughs> like that's all I could think the whole time like he just harps on the same shit and like it's just it's so philosophical, like to the point it's obnoxious. And like, don't get me wrong, like I mean, I'm the, you actually gave me the idea of Philosophy Friday, but I, I'm I currently host Philosophy Friday, so I like some good philosophy. Don't get me wrong, but like, it it reaches a point, you know. Um, and it it was it was a battle, like, and it was one of those things that. I didn't realize I was getting sick of it until I was at page, like, 280, like, 320 range. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, I've already read 320 pages in this book, but I have another 220 to go. Had yeah, to that's not fun. When you start thinking about when is this book going to be over, that's not good. Yeah, and it's like, with a, with a book that long... It's like I'm more than halfway done, but I still have a long way to go. Yeah. So I I unrecommend it. I did just read uh, this book called Jesus's Son. You'd probably like that. Messed up. It's some messed up stuff. It's basically just ten short stories of a heroin addict. It's great. Damn. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's only like a hundred pages long. Quick read. I did it in a day. NBD. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. All right. Well, glad we touched upon the library question. I, I got. I got one last question for you now. You, you, from what I understand, have some cooking skills. Cooking skills. Who told yeah. you that? <laughs> um. I remember going back in two thousand nine. 2009, we we were in London. We got a bite to eat, and you told me about the food revolution. Okay, yeah, I remember that. And you were like yeah. talking about like different stuff about the food revolution. Um, I still have the book, by the way. I haven't 
fully read. I'm. It's one of those books like I started reading and it's very fascinating, but like I almost don't want to read. It is one of those books that you're just like, like you just feel like an asshole reading it because like you're contributing to all the shit that they're talking about in the book. Right. And I like. Six years later, like it's still in the back of my mind, and I'm like, I'm gonna just continue pleading ignorance for now. So that's I'm like, I, I got like a decent way into it. And I'm just like, I gotta put this down. I can't handle this right now. But yeah, putting that aside, I have been working on my cooking skills lately. Not getting too far. I made one of the best steaks of my life today, though. Got that grill heated up like real, real hot, like, and uh, seared it on both sides, four minutes a piece, and it was. It was a, uh, I picked, picked the steak up. I mean, it was the, it was high, high quality steak. It was probably, uh, it was uh, $18 a pound. But, you know, wow. stuff. So, uh, yeah, sometimes you gotta, gotta do what's, what's your go to dish? Um, right now, I'm really into um, stir fry. So I'm, I'm cooking that a lot. Uh, just with like, I just get like a ton of vegetables, like carrots and uh, broccoli and snow peas and uh, what whatever. What? What are snow peas? Snow peas are like, oh, they're typically in Asian dishes. They're like, they kind of look like string beans, but they're okay. not. Can you substitute yeah. string beans if you don't know what snow peas are or where to find them in the grocery store? Not that I don't. Uh, they're just yeah, they're in a veggie section. You should be able to find uh, snow peas, and they're just they just add like a crunch. They add like a crunchy texture. Oh, add someone. Yeah. My um, and then I'll add in chicken and saute it with some Asian stir fry sauce, and then uh, oh, yeah. yeah, just cook it. Put some rice in there. Pretty simple. And so that's your that's your go-to. Right now, usually I usually rotate through stuff. Now, what's what's your favorite dish that either your mom or dad makes? Ooh, my dad's a really good cook. He's always cooking. Um, I really like my dad's lamb, uh, lamb chops. My dad does really good lamb chops. Now, does he like share the skills? Um, he's not really a teacher. Like, he'll just cook. Like, he doesn't say, "Hey, like, if I if I like ask him to show me, he would just be like, okay, he would just be like watch what I do." Yeah, and it's like. Uh, with cooking, it's so hard to just watch people cook and then learn. Like, it's hard. You have to be involved in some way to yeah. learn. Yeah, definitely, definitely got to be hands-on. Yeah, it's actually similar to having to set up a uh, an interview-style podcast. You can't just watch <laughs> people do it in order to set it up. You actually have to do it. So, I can relate. You need to have. You need to be hands-on. I uh, I picked up uh, some seasoning from the oh, beef wow. pound. That's uh, real seasoning right there. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, straight up, eight ninety eight. But you know, sometimes you got to drop them bills. Yeah, you know, I, I had a big week, you know, so you know, picked up some seasoning. Uh, the thing about seasoning, though, that kind of sucks is, um, if you get bad seasoning, like you, you, I've never run out of seasoning. I've never like just used up all the seasoning for anything. So if you get yeah. bad stuff, like it just sits on your shelf for infinity. There for years. Yeah. So I think like now that I got like this bad boy seasoning, like I mean this thing is thirteen ounces too. It's a big bottle of seasoning. We're not talking about like any of this target bullshit. I might just straight up throw out all my seasonings. I think I'm gonna clear house. I think it'll it'll make me feel better. It'll declutter things, and I think I'm just going to go all in with the Beef Palace season. You don't think you'll get uh, tired of it? No. Like, I had it today, and it was just, it's like, it's a it's a symphony. <laughs> it's a symphony in my mouth. There's just, like, they got first your violin is just crushing it. Just, it's delicious. Fellow going strong. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about it. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to declutter the kitchen a little bit and just, cause like, I'm, I have crap seasoning. Like basically like if I go to some type of, because I, I work like my work, my clients work in the food industry. So sometimes I go to like these bio conventions and they're like, oh yeah, here's like a sample of seasoning and I have all these shitty seasonings and they're just like in my house and I'm like, I've used them once and I'm like, eh. Like, I don't know about this. And now they're all over the place. And it's like, all right, there's only two ways to get rid of it with, with it being empty, which means I have to use it on 300 meals. Or I can just throw it away. But, like, and it hurts me to throw it away. But at the same time, I think mentally it'll be a good thing for me just to get rid of this garbage. Like, I'm going to get, like, all right, I went into, I went into the friggin' gym last week, and they were giving away free samples of tiny deodorants. Like, why the fuck do I need that? Why do I need that? I don't know, but I got it. I have one. It's sitting in my desk drawer at work. I'm never going to use it because I have Old Spice Pure Sport, and those are the best sticks in the game. So, well, there, there are some times when you need, like, an emergency, you know, underarm stick. If you just Right, there that, are like, those arms, but, like, you don't have it with you because that's why it's an emergency. Because <laughs> you haven't prepared and you're just like, I'm screwed. Dude, just stick it in your car. It, you'll probably forget about dude, it. But dude, I've done that before. If your car gets really hot, it melts it. That's true. It does get, yeah, it gets messy up in there. There is it's like the a gel. I could use gel it and love it. There is that chance. Yeah. I mean,. In fifth grade, they gave away uh, mini deodorant sticks to everybody, and the mini deodorant sticks they gave away in fifth grade were Old Spice Pure Sport, and that's what I use to this day. Wow. So you've been programmed to like that. Yeah. You're, you're just oh, yeah. I mean, fifth grade, when well, I was in fifth grade in 1999, <laughs> <laughs> I've been using Old Spice Pure Sport deodorant for 16 years. You should write a letter to them explaining your situation. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and the, the crazy thing is, is like, I'm, 
a lot of my buddies from my hometown use Old Spice beer <laughs> And like well, I, had no, I, I, I had no idea what it was, and I got it, and I smelled it, and I was like, "This is it smells so good," because I didn't know what deodorant was. Yeah. Or like I had an idea, but I never like had my own stick, and then I smelled it, and I was like, "Wow, this is." Pretty- I actually don't like the smell of most deodorant sticks. Me neither. I don't. I don't like using it. Like weekends, I don't wear deodorant. Yeah. Uh, I well, I have the Arm and Hammered unscented, sensitive skin sticks. That sounds brutal. No, it's actually really nice. It's like. Sounds like it would rip your friggin' hair out of your arms. No, it's it does the opposite. It's like really soft and and it doesn't smell like anything. It has like a nice smell to it, but it doesn't like it like give off white a scent. and chalky. No, it's, it's not white and chalky at all. It's it's not gel. It's like in between white and chalky and gel. It's like clear. I mean, I use Arm and Hammer toothpaste. And that's what I'm associating in my mind the Arm and Hammer deodorant to be like. And I use the Arm and Hammer toothpaste because it's like I feel like it puts hair on your chest. Like it's gross. I like no, it has a yeah. I like using Arm and Hammer toothpaste. Yeah, well, I don't like that foofy pussy shit where it's like oh, like flavored crest. Like nah. Like if I'm gonna brush my teeth, like I wanna like I need like a little paint, you know. Or else right. I don't it's, like, it's like with mouthwash. Like I need a little bit of alcohol in there to like oh, get a little yeah. burn. Yeah, if the mouthwash isn't burning my face and it making me question why I'm using it in the first place, it's not doing its job. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's like going to the gym. If you don't, if you're not, if you're not hurting, then you're not doing it right. Yeah, I agree. Got to work your mouth out, you know. <laughs> Can't just let it sit back on its laurels, or else you you know you're gonna get gingivitis. I, I completely agree. I'm on the same page. Don't want cavities. Don't want gingivitis. <laughs> don't want those gingies. No, gotta stay away from that ginge. That's why you just keep sipping on the zinth. Zinth. Yep, that'll definitely help. Yeah, I actually I'm not even drinking zinth though. I went with a uh, cabernet sauvignon. Cabernet. That's a good one. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I mean, it's barefoot. It was uh, it was ten bucks for a handle, so not too bad. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna last you a little while. I got a I got a six pack and a handle of wine, and the guy in the store like went to put it in in a bag, and I said, dude, uh, I I don't need a bag. I'm fine. He's like, no, no, it's okay. And he like insisted on putting it in a bag, and I just wanted to smack him. It's like I, I just hate I hate getting bags. Like save your bags. I'm trying to help your business out. That's profit margin right there. I'm trying to you know don't want the bag. So he insisted putting it in. So he puts the wine bottle in the bag and then he tries putting the six pack in the plastic bag, but the six pack wouldn't fit. And then like it's like this Indian family that owns the that owns the packy. So they were like, so it's like this. He was like, I mean, he's probably like 15 years old, so I shouldn't be like ripping on him too hard. But then his dad's like, no, 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 like, you know, put like each thing in a different bag. So now they're trying to give me two bags, and I'm like, no, I don't need a bag. Like, do you realize how stupid, like, why do I don't need a bag for 
First of all, the six-pack has a handle on it. The handle on the six-pack is stronger than the handle on the bag. Why would I put a six-pack in a bag? <laughs> and then the wine, it's like you, you hold it. Like it requires the same amount of hands. Like essentially, if you have two items at a store and you get a bag, you're a piece of shit. You have two hands. Yeah, there's you no carry reason. minimum things. Unless the only point of having a bag is to carry Well, another reason to have a bag when you buy it is to conceal it. True. That's well, one. I think that maybe that's why what he was trying to get at. He's like, I'm trying to help you out, conceal your alcohol. You don't want to, when you get pulled over. You don't want a cop, you know, looking around seeing you got alcohol in your car. You just you always just take the high road and try and make me look bad. <laughs> no. I'm trying to help my friend out at the uh, the liquor store. He'll I mean he'll appreciate it. I'll tell him to tune in and like fast forward to the 45 minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> just ask for his email, then email him the link. Maybe I should. Hopefully, I have a link. I don't know if this even links. Oh, it'll link. We'll make it link. We'll make it link. You should get him out as a guest on the show. Ooh. I mean, I do have guests now. Yeah, we're, you're doing that. I mean, this does break my streak of that I could have possibly set for Guinness World Record of longest going podcast, <laughs> one-man podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been a great thing to strive for. <laughs> Um, dude, so I have to look into it further, but I think I'm going to try and podcast on an airplane and have the highest altitude podcast of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude, you got to do it. And you got to get like the stewardesses on the show. I know. That's and what it's like. like I, I do like philosophical questions on an airplane. Who's the worst type of person to be on an airplane? And like baby. and we have everybody vote, like everybody point to the person you hate the most on this flight. Yeah. <laughs> Just vote them off. Kick <laughs> them off the plane. But like the thing so the thing is is I've I thought of this idea a while ago. So I've been on like ten airplanes since thinking of this idea, and I always kinda like scope it out, like planning it out. I don't Airplanes are, like, tense, man. Like, everybody's, like, sitting there quiet, and if anybody talks, everyone's kind of just like, what the fuck, you know? That so, is true. Everyone, everyone's a little uh, a little nervous. I think, I think in order to, like, in order to do it, I can't just go on the plane and do it. I think I need to let everybody know, but before doing so, like, I need to do my research in terms of, like, is this actually, will this be a world record? Like, I need to cover all my bases. I can't just go in there and be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll be a world record if everybody just wants to, uh, you know, just let me podcast right now. Dude, you should, you should email Guinness and be like, I want to make this a world record. That. But if you email the NASA, like, I want to start this new thing. Yeah, this new record. The only the only thing is making announcements on a plane can get dicey. 
if you like stand up and like shout. Well, that's why I think I would. By I think I would talk to the pilot beforehand or like the crew. Yeah, and, like, I would have them make the announcement over the intercom, be like, "Hey, ladies and gentlemen, don't freak out. I know everybody's excited. Please don't hound them for autographs." But Doctor Water with Lemon is on the flight right now. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my God, who is this mysterious dude? I've always wanted to see his face." I'm going to be like, well, if you guys were up to date, you could check out the new YouTube page because we have that now and you would know who I am. But, yes, that's me. And we're going to have the world's highest podcast. And everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, I'm obsessed with your podcast. I'm so happy to be a part of this. That's how it's playing out in my mind. I love it. I, I, think, I think you should do it. <laughs> do, we, do we love it? We do. The other we the other do. The other thing is, what I'm trying to figure out is, do I do it? Do I do it on the departing flight or the return flight? Like, I think I do it on the departing flight because I'm usually pretty fired up to depart, and like, I'm usually on the return flight. Every return flight I've ever taken in the past eight years, I've been extremely hungover and get extremely bad anxiety. So, like, on the takeoff, I'm just like sweating bullets and like picturing myself dying in a fiery wreck. Um, so I think I should do it on the departing flight because that could make podcasting tough if I think I'm going to die. Yeah, definitely departing. The only Whenever thing, you're coming back, you're just like, you can't, like... You don't want to talk. You're just out of it. Like, you don't want to be on a plane. You're no. like, I just want to be home. Yeah, the mindset's totally different. Um, yeah. Now... The only issue I've had with that is I, I think the departing flight's the way to go, but normally when I'm flying, I normally fly east because, you know, that's where my family is and everything else in this country actually is east. Um, so I usually fly at midnight. Okay. I'm always taking time. Ah, going to be trying to sleep. They're not trying to be on the... Right, right. But podcast. I am going to Hawaii in November, and that will be – that's a uh, – I think that's like a 1 o'clock flight going west. Like 1 o'clock in the afternoon going to Hawaii on a Saturday. Yeah, that'll be perfect. People will be drinking. That's the time. Be, yeah. People will be amped up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right, for all those who are still actually listening to this episode, first of all, I applaud you. Second of all, put it in your calendars, November 8th. We're setting a world record. <laughs> Dude, you got to be able to tune in live on that one. That's going to be a live podcast. Ooh, yeah. Like stream it through uh, through YouTube and just yeah. like just just get it going. Dude, I'm down so. for that. All right, the the date is set. World record podcast, dude. I'm I'm serious. Like, email Guinness and see what you can find out. All right, I'm I'm gonna do that. I think <laughs> I think on that note, like, we should end the first career interview. Uh, that sounds good to me. It's been, it's have, been a great interview. It's been it's any, uh, any parting words? Any place where you'd like people to find you? WineGorilla.com? Uh, WineGorilla.com. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter uh, okay. at M-R-A-I-L-L-A. 
And uh, yeah, you can catch, uh, I usually post a lot of music stuff. So if you're looking to find new music, I'm always posting stuff or books. We'll, uh, we'll include that in the show notes. All right. That sounds good. All right. Adios. Have a good one. Connect the dots with all the baggage, make it wreckage. I couldn't suck with it.